0: It's the Friendly Fire Show, episode one hundred and ninety four, for the middle of March, twenty twenty two. Uh, it's been a couple months, but we'll get into the reasons why, uh, we're gonna skip all the news, basically, that's happened since then, but, like, recapping quickly, like, everybody acquired everybody else, uh, Sony owns Bungie now, or will own Bungie, uh, Microsoft and Activision Blizzard, Tencent got in some stuff there, like, it's just, it's been crazy, uh, and sorry, we've just had life getting in the way. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Steve Wright, uh, joining me, as always, is another co-host, Ben Salter, who's... In my top left, if you're watching the video, which you can uh, get on YouTube slash Survivor. Normally, we're every fortnight on uh, Twitch TV slash Survivor, but we're kind of giving that a miss, and we'll get into those reasons alongside some other stuff, but let's not do that right now. Uh, And joining us, because we have basically every game that's come out in the last two months to talk about, are two special guests, Luke, Laurie, and Hamish. Lindsay, (sighs) this is going to be a long hour, but we're going to try to keep it to an hour. Good hello.
1: Now, before we <laughs> Look, get the world's on fire and it's flooding in Australia, like it's it's hectic.
0: Luke, like you're it's the only happening. one really affected by floods. Are you are you
1: underwater? Are you good? No, nah, I'm like three stories up. I'm have I'm having an invasion of the ants at the moment, so that's what i'm dealing with at this stage the ants just
0: have to keep like f- f- going up a floor after a floor as the water continues to rise kind of Pretty thing much, or? Right. yeah well that's, that's where we're at that's good uh ben salter you've gotten engaged since we've last spoken i think if you were watching twitch the uh, one time we maybe almost outed it by accident because i had the audio turned on but
2: congratulations to you and claire well thank you fortunately the listener wasn't aware of what we we're talking about so and i think it might have been hamish the listener so <laughs> fine doesn't matter uh yeah all good yeah who's ben yeah exactly
0: <laughs> and i asked hamish to marry me and he said no and it's you know it's not awkward or weird or anything it's fine uh how are you Hame? i'm getting there <laughs> uh you've been well you're still reviewing a whole bunch of games you've been writing up a just to go. storm so uh we'll get into that there's tons to talk about <laughs> i think we're going to start off with the game that you played first hamish because we have what five, seven or eight games to talk about uh and the first one i want to p- talk about is yours it's tiny t- t- tiny tina's wonderlands say that seven times fast you've done a preview uh, ahead of the game's uh release later this month so take it away what do you think
3: Uh, I think it's more Borderlands. Um, So, obviously, it's kind of like a follow-up to that super popular Borderlands 2 DLC, Tony Tina's Assault on Dragon Keep, which is like pretty much one of the most, I think, revered Borderlands DLCs and probably the best Borderlands content they've made. Yeah, absolutely. Really. Um, And it, it captures that same tone. I mean, it's just more Borderlands humor, which is potty humor mostly, but still relatively funny when they kind of spin a like a and d kind bent on it. Um, it's, it's almost like watching the episode of Community when they do the D&D stuff, but it's just like you're playing that uh, instead. There's a whole bunch of stuff coming to it that we didn't get to see, which is a bit of a bummer. Um, a lot more character customization, which is a bit of a first in terms of what your person actually looks like, not just like the clothes they wear. Um, and yeah, a lot of really cool stuff for Borderlands fans in particular and for people who like Dungeons & Dragons and stuff too. So it looks like it could be worth a while. I think.
0: I saw, saw a lot of the endgame stuff, which is, yeah, there's this huge emphasis on trying to keep people playing the game, which uh, I guess if you like playing uh, Borderlands or the, the Tiny Tina variant and um, Dungeon, Dungeons and & Dragons and you didn't have everything else to play, like I guess that's it's only a bonus to have more stuff to do rather than it feeling stale
3: yeah i mean everything is games as a service these days anyway um and i think borderlands really suffered with that because like they yeah you have like in the other ones you have true ultimate vault hunter mode and stuff like that um and those other like end game but you're just playing the game again and i think this time around they're actually trying to make it so you're not doing exactly the same content over and over again which is good it's a good step, um, but not everything needs to be games as the service as other stuff is teaching us at the moment.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, anybody keen to play this? Like, I'm not huge on the Borderlands humor, to be honest. I'd probably give it a miss. Luke's nodding his head, no. though.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm a big Borderlands fan. Um, I did a trip a couple of years back to, to Gearbox to see um, Borderlands 2, I think it was. Um, and everything they've said about like, the Borderlands series going forward has been, like, really um, in the right direction. I think, like, Hamish is talking about, it hasn't been a games as a service, but at the same time, like, they didn't do that the last time around with Borderlands 3, and I think it sort of worked for that style of game, but at the same time, you, like, kind of wanted more out of it. Um, And Borderlands 2 did that so well with the whole you know expansion content dlc was so big back then and and the the Sultan and dungeon keep was such a like amazing piece of dlc that took that core concept and evolved it and took this spin on it that was so elevating in terms of what we normally see with dlc that i think um if they can take that sort of approach with this upcoming game I- i'm absolutely sold on it like it's the the idea of how many guns can we do in a weird wacky way but this time it's like spells right and so i'm all about that
0: (laughs) nice and i guess i I was going to say if you can tear yourself away from elden ring but you're probably one of the few people in this world that probably can tear himself away from elden ring because i think you're probably an elden lord by this point whereas i'm definitely just an edgelord uh (laughs) that was a funny joke in my head uh (laughs) well. <laughs> Luke, you. I think you should kick us off with the Elden Ring chat because I think probably you're you're 100 for it. I think Hamish is pretty similar to your thoughts, I would imagine, but Hamish can right. speak to that.
1: Yeah, so I've reviewed Elden Ring. Uh, sorry, I've re- reviewed From Software games for Survivor for a while now. Um, I did Dark Souls three, I did um, Sekiro, and now Elden Ring. Um, I came into the From Software genre of games maybe a little bit late i got sent a media kit for dark souls the first one when it came out fired that up died a bunch and was like this is garbage this game uh, i am good because it was like i feel like it was the end of the year when i sent that thing out um i was like this is stupid uh <laughs> talked to a couple of other freelancers when dark souls 2 was coming out and completely changed my tone i jumped into it started playing and Absolutely fell in love with the game. It was my my game of the year at the stage, and then since then, I think every game they've put out that From Software has developed, they've just like been on a roll. They have evolved that series in such a way that has elevated anything we've seen in terms of um, game design, level design, like everything that they're doing, and sort of pushed that genre in a completely different direction to games that we play these days. Uh, and it's the the type of games where, um, especially looking at Elden Ring, it's it being an open world game of being like, hey, here's the thing you need to do. I'm going to show you where you need to go and do that. Um, whereas Elden Ring is an open world game and it tells you nothing. It gives you a door and an elevator you need to go up and it's like, fucking good luck. And so you, can I swear? I don't know.
0: You I did, just, it's fine. Um,
1: it's a swearing <laughs> so podcast, you, boys. You, you <laughs> you you leave this, like, underground cave, run into a tree sentinel, get absolutely whooped, and you're like, I probably shouldn't go there anymore. Like, that's a bad idea. Any other game would, like, put a HUD marker up, and it'd be like, you've got to go over here and, like, collect this thing. I, like, Elden Ring is not about that. It's a completely open world game that just lets you explore. Um, going into Elden Ring, the sort of comparison that I heard, I was pretty uh, on the down low with watching gameplay footage and all that sort of thing. But the one sort of comparison I kept hearing was a a Breath of the Wild. and I think that it is very much like on that note in terms of you just kind of do the tutorial area, you get out there and you explore, Um, you're doing dungeons, you're running through catacombs, you're fighting bosses, you're looting items. And you're pretty much just fighting things and discovering the world for yourself. Um, something really interesting that I think that like Ubisoft has done over the past couple of years in their games has been this uh, exploration versus guided mode. And I've played a bunch of their games recently where I've just kind of turned off all the HUD elements. And um, like Ghost Recon, I think it was Wildlands, did a really good job of like not the game necessarily, but the <laughs> the quest system being like, hey, you've got to go 300 meters northeast to the giant rock in this section. And you would just kind of explore it and trying to naturally find this location. Um, and I think we've gotten too engrossed in being told where to go and what to do. And this is such a fresh direction in terms of... Um, a type of game design where it's like you kind of just explore and you figure it out for yourself and you probably get there eventually um it's gonna you're gonna die a lot but if you persist and you play to the game's sort of rules and regulations you're probably gonna have um not a fun time but like a a time where you'll eventually beat something and have some sort of sense of accomplishment as opposed to just a checklist where you're Picking boxes off a, you know, a long list of things you need to do. And so I think that at the end of the day, Elden Ring is basically Dark Souls 4 in an open world. It is the same gameplay. It's the same sort of combat system, same leveling up system. It is just in an open world environment. Uh, and it's absolutely one of the best experiences I think people will have this year if they persist with what it is trying to do.
0: Now, before I get Hamish in, I just want to ask you a question, just because it came to mind. You were talking about all the stuff that you've reviewed, like, from Software Land, and you didn't say Demon Souls. Is that because it's a Blue Point <laughs> joint, or, like, just because it kind of ties yeah. into some of the stuff that we'll get into eventually, like, all the, the vitriol on Twitter's like, oh, you know, like, they didn't give mm. Souls games good marks. Like, what, where, where do you sit with that, Luke, just, I guess, for for our benefit of knowing
1: yeah so i came to demon souls uh late i i played it for the remake remaster i
0: think it's a remake because it's oh yeah we're calling it whatever the blue point Rem- one on ps5 is what we're, we sure. we're talking about
1: um i gave that i think a 7.5 on survivor um i know it's a bad score <laughs> and in terms of I, I think you can kind of look at that in terms of, like, a um, a, one of their first... Well, the first game they've sort of put out in this type of genre, a third-person action game RPG, and all of the lessons they've learned since then. And absolutely, it's a game that I think people should check out. But you play, like, Dark Souls, Dark Souls 2, Dark Souls 3, Bloodborne, Sekiro. Like, there is absolutely a level of learning and things that they've taken from that original game and improved upon whether it's level design combat um accessibility which is something that's huge massive in elden ring uh and i think at the end of the day yes it is a great game but when you compare it against those other ones and being a 10 year old game it does sort of show its age a little bit
0: yeah just in design yeah
1: so sorry yeah accessibility in Elden Ring is phenomenal, and and the fact that they have found a way to um, look at difficulty. Sorry, I'm talking about difficulty accessibility, not not accessibility in terms of um, you know getting more players into it if they're uh, disabilities or things like. That. I'm talking yeah, about difficulty. Like you're not
0: talking increased you know font sizes or like bringing in sure. sign language support. Yeah, yeah,
1: right. The cool. awesome stuff that we've seen in other games that it could still um, use, but yeah. Anyway sure yeah but like the idea of how do we tweak how do we enable more people to play this on a difficulty level without having easy medium hard very high, like how do you do that and the things that they put in this game uh, are just from a, a game design standpoint are just phenomenal giving players the ability to summon other characters in the world um being able to not just be in a linear gameplay um, like a hub world where you're going down this specific area uh, being um, able to like just interact with the world a lot more there's just so many things they do that once you take a step back and look at it you're like all right yeah they actually took that difficulty feedback and incorporated it into the game in and it's such like a, a much more interesting way than most developers would do they would be like let's put the, the hard mode in and we'll just tweak the health bar on this boss and it's like no like from software go in and they give you more tools for the player to use so i don't know And i think, that's um, why I think I steve like it. you probably had a, a a much easier like i've talked to a bunch of people recently that are like hey this is my first from software game and like i'm doing all these things in the game that allows me to play it a lot better
0: oh yeah that's i'll i'll touch on all that i reckon but i i I feel like hamish is more hamish is a a a veteran as well to the souls experience is that is that accurate hamish and you probably Um, haven't had a lot of chance to dip in but i'm keen to hear your thoughts and then i'm gonna go to ben i have like a a journey from from uh like veterans to to people who can't play bloodborne as an example but anyway hamish take it away
3: um, well, I had a similar start to Luke. I played Dark Souls one um, on release because I was like, uh, I had a mate who was massively into Demon Souls, and he's like, "You got to get Dark Souls. You got to try it." I fucking sucked. Like that game was hard, like properly difficult, and I didn't yeah. understand it, and I died over and over and over again to that uh, boss on that first the- boss that you're yep. not supposed to fight. Yep. <laughs> you're
1: supposed to. You're supposed to go right instead of left. It's the tree <laughs> sentinel It's the tree sentinel.
3: I just died over, and I didn't get it, and so I stopped playing. Yeah. Um, and I've never finished Dark Souls because of that to this day. I've got further since then, but uh, came back to Dark Souls three, loved it. I played like a couple hundred hours of that game, um, loved it sick. And I think you can really see, as Luke said, like the the journey that FromSoft have gone on from Demon Souls through to Elden Ring, and Elden Ring has so many of the things from those other games in it um but refined like dark souls 2 was known for having too many mob like groups of mobs that were just really small enemies that would overwhelm you it was too slow so they made dark souls 3 quicker and they didn't have that as much um and there's all these other like lessons that they brought into elden ring and it's just this it's almost like all of their stuff kind of peaking and being a pinnacle at once it's amazing i love i love elden ring i think it's great Um, It's like
1: it's three games in one like (laughs) Dark Souls is like a 30 hour game and this is like I'm 105 hours in at this point it's nuts Mm.
3: (laughs) I've just crashed at 60 something and I I feel like I've still got three or four bosses to go from where I am it's it's crazy I'm actually running out of steam so (laughs) and the thing is (laughs) I was about
1: 55 hours in I was like I've got to be pretty close to finished and (laughs) I was maybe halfway at that point it's insane
0: the thing that I've learned it. about this Ben is that they're never going to say which bosses they're stuck on or anything <laughs> about because it's everything is a spoiler. Every single yeah. thing. You can't even you can't say the first initial of the boss. But and I, I kind of respect that, but I'll get you into know. that in a second too. Ben, you you've tried a bit of Elden Ring and I feel like you've kind of had your fill. Mm.
2: Uh, that's a generous way to put it. I played <laughs> maybe maybe 2 minutes. Okay. So <laughs> that was when I thought, that was when I realized again, like, I played about an hour of Bloodborne and I thought this is the worst game I've ever played in my life. Uh, and I thought this feels exactly the same as that. Not interested. I'm going back to Mass Effect 2. So that's what I've been doing. Nothing in 2022, basically.
0: Well, there you go. All right. So I was exactly the same. It's weird because Bloodborne is probably one of my favorite games in terms of games I've written reviews for. Not in terms of games that I enjoy because I hang on.
2: hated it. What a scandalous headline there is right there. Guy who gave Bloodborne a 7 says it's his favorite game.
0: <laughs> favorite game that I've... Like, favorite review that I've written. One of them. Because I literally... Yeah. I, I spent eight hours and I, I barely, barely scratched the surface. I am not a patient... I'm a button masher and I, like, I'll fully own it. I play the same sequence... Over and over and over and over and over and over again and like I kind of like made this cool story up because I don't know what the story is because I got probably like 20 minutes in actual game but I'm like here's that. like I, I I understand the appeal and like that's what I'm trying to get at like a seven is it's really good it's not for everybody and eight is pretty much for everybody but like we're not focusing on our scale right now um Tried Sekiro, same kind of thing. Like, I just, I, like, it's like, it feels like you're hitting your head against a wall. And Elden Ring, I'm like, well, this is going to, it's going to be exactly the same. And I, you know, d- jumped off the cliff, even though, like, I read the little thing on the ground. That's like, try jumping. I'm like, well, this, this seems like I'm going to die. And I didn't die that particular time. But there's so many things on the ground that you just can't trust. That you know, like, who knows? <laughs> um, got to the Tree Sentinel, got wrecked. And, like, that's, I guess this is the big difference between Elden Ring and, and every other open world game right now. Like, if it was Horizon Zero Dawn, as an example, or Forbidden West, or whatever the new one's called, um, there'd be a thing on your screen being like, oh, you're under-leveled, you shouldn't try this. Like, flashing at you. And the yeah. Tree Sentinel just, like, destroys you. And it doesn't say that, but you understand. Like, okay, I don't need to try that again. Like, I didn't even get a hit in. and I Like, one hit killed. I'm going to do something else. Mm. So you go explore, you go find things out. I I guess my criticism is because I'm not a huge From Software game player, there's a lot of stuff that is just because it's not holding your hand, it's kind of a little bit inaccessible. So I fully admit to going to guides to be like, I don't know how to do this or that. I don't know what this is. I need a little bit of guidance. Like, if I can't. You know, if I get to the boss, who's the real big first boss that starts with M, spoilers. Like, uh, I know I can't beat that thing, but I don't kind of know what to do now. So it just, I need a little bit of guidance. Like that kind of got me going, and now I'm like, I'm, I don't know, 35, 40 hours in. I've, got, like, I don't want to see where I am, but I've gotten, I've gotten to quite a bit around the map. I think there's still a huge bit over in the north yeast that I haven't gotten to Um, but I've got like cool armor from the volcano place like I'm only saying one of the two words I don't know if that's still spoilers Okay. Um, like the invader NPC quest Um, I've taken out a whole bunch of bosses and sub-bosses like I went to guides in all the the starting areas I'm like I'm going to kill every single boss I can find that has a big long red bar and I'll get all these goodies that I don't know what to do with Um, Hmm. so it's it's super accessible because if you get stuck, there's something else you can go and do. And I've learned that quite quite uh, well now. But also, you can summon your little wolf pack. Or you can put yep. down a multiplayer finger and like summon someone who can help you. Uh, I found that weapon that has the like, OP ice stomp. So like, oh hell yes, I will spam that. I don't even care. You can call that a cheese, but I'll do that. Because I'm having fun. Yeah finding new things to do and new things to try to kill and killing them or else like going okay i'm gonna put a marker there and come back in, you know 10 or 12 levels um my husband matt was like what should i play i'm like try this and he had exactly the same kind of experience he like threw the controller one he's like i'm never playing this again (laughs) and then like an hour later as we were getting ready for bed he's like you know what i could have done i should have rolled and then parried and like it just it gets kind of like wormed into your brain like it's just like this weird world that you don't know anything about but you want to keep exploring and keep finding you know more about which is it's all really cool it's like it's i've never been this excited about a game that i'm not good at and want to get better at it's it's good it's like it's very engrossing and i never thought ever thought i'd consider elden ring as a game of the year contender like ever And it's pretty high up on that list for me right now. Like, I still can't do a lot of things. I don't know how to aim a bow and arrow for the life of me. I can't (laughs) figure out how to two-hand a weapon on a horse or off a horse. Like, there's this things that I'm like, I don't know how to do this. And you Google it, and it's like, do this. I'm like, well, I'm doing that, and I've just, like, used all my potions. So I I must be doing something wrong. But, like, I'm finding ways around those things that I can't figure out how to do. So it's like that's every bit about the game is like this weird, insurmountable challenge that when you do best it, it's like the best feeling in the world that you don't get from like beating a regular boss in like any other game. It's like, no, I actually did this this time, like me, me and maybe that guy who helped me like, thanks, Bong Ripper 69 from Xbox Live. You and me were a team. It's just really cool. And I'm babbling now. So Ben, I hope my rambling incoherentness made you want to jump back into Elden Ring and try it. (laughs)
2: You've almost convinced me. I might try again. But, I mean, there's too many things to play. I've got to play Mass Effect 3. Uh, So that came out last year, if I'm right. Um, (laughs) But more seriously, I haven't played Horizon yet. I've got to play Kirby. I want to play um, Ghostwire Tokyo. Like, there's all these things coming out. It's Once again, it's that February, March, which is always packed. And everyone moves their game to now because they're like, we'll get out of the holiday season and we'll get, like, our own exposure. And then, as has happened to Horizon, like, they all just get overshadowed by the good one. So, too busy.
1: Yeah. This year's insane.
0: This one, to me, feels like one that, like, will probably take you most of the year, if you're you and I, Ben, maybe. Maybe I'm not, I shouldn't be speaking for Hamish and and for Luke. But, like, if we kind of picket it little by little, that's a good thing. But also, you need to kind of picket yeah. it enough during the week or the month that you don't lose the skills that you kind of have to build up to get yeah. anywhere. It's, yeah, it's...
3: I remember going back to the DS3 DLCs and I just couldn't play them because I hadn't played the game for like six months at that point and I just got absolutely slapped by every <laughs> boss in those. I was like, cool, great time. So,
0: Well, so I've sacrificed playing Destiny 2, but Hamish, you had to, to play it because you reviewed it. So uh, it we'll so segue out of, out of Elden Ring and into another time sink, a potential time sink in the Witch Queen. Uh, something that you called the best Destiny
3: campaign To date? Ever? Ever. I I mean, that's actually a pretty low bar, really, when you (laughs) think about it. But um, it is, like, for me, I think it is a campaign on par with, like, the best Halo campaigns uh, in terms of their actually telling the story in-game. They are, like, designing a really cool world. They're wrapping up lots and lots of, like, story threads all at once. Um, Basically, like, if you go way back to Destiny 1, there was whisperings of some of these characters that you're seeing rendered in-game and fighting now. And for someone who's played it as long as we have, Steve, that's, like, really cool. Like, that journey to have gone on for seven years now is great. And, like, they've introduced this legendary difficulty, which actually makes Destiny difficult because previously it was a bit of a pushover of a game, really. Like, raiding was tough because you had to raid with people like Steve. and <laughs> Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm a button
0: masher. We've established this. No, 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 it, no. It, it applies in Destiny and in FromSoft games.
3: Like, rating was tough, but the campaigns and stuff were just like uh, fluff, yeah. essentially. But this time around, they've really, like, really focused on making an engaging campaign experience. And I spent 11 to 12 hours, which doesn't sound like a lot, especially when we've just been talking about Elden Ring, where we've sunk like way north of 60 hours into it already between like all of us. Um, on legendary soloing every mission and i had a blast it was like pull my hair out frustrating at times yeah. i got so angry but it was it was great i enjoyed every second of witch queen it's they're like the, campaign.
0: the legendary campaign difficulty is kind of like trying to solo a nightfall without like cheesing a solo nightfall i know some of those are pretty easy to do but like the good thing about it is there's also a whole bunch of checkpoints so if you can't finish... Like, if you have a half an hour, like, you're not going to be able to finish a legendary mission in a half an hour. It's going to take you a while, and you're going to die a bunch. It's kind of like Elden... Everything's kind of like Elden Ring now. Um, but, like, you can checkpoint and you come back to it, which is great. And then there's, like, that kind of raid-esque mechanic where once you beat, like, one of those really tough encounter segments, you get, like, two chests of just, like, loot flying at you, which is like, ooh! So it's, like, like it's not as rewarding as Elden Ring, but, like, there's a lot of benefit to like going and doing it and yeah. like you know trying to do the legendary difficulty and facing these bad huge threats and like you know getting decent gear. You can you can get a set of raid ready gear just from the campaigns, right? I think that's what said. you
3: get a set of 15 20 gear and the raids were 15 to 30 recommended. So you're basically raid ready at that point. If you do if you get that and do your pinnacles for the week you'll be 15 25 easily, which makes like which makes you raid ready. Um and I think that it actually being rewarding is really nice too because you, you sink your time into this campaign and then you come out at the other end at the powerful cap, which means you don't then have to grind from previously if this was 13.50 to like 15.50, you'd come out at like 14.50 and then you'd have all of that other space to make up before you could actually do anything. Um, and now they've gotten rid of that, but they've also made the mistake of making everything have a much higher entry power cap now so lots of stuff is like 1530 or 1540 because I obviously expect people to be doing that and so I think that there is while Witch Queen is great and I love it there's still and I think I mentioned this in my piece about it as well there's still this like reluctance at Bungie to be rewarding for stuff uh, and to actually let players just have the freedom and stuff and, and, and again contrasting it to Elden Ring <laughs> Elden Ring has infinite freedom Right? You can just do whatever you want, basically. But Bungie, like, you play the game our way within our sandbox. And that's the big difference, I think. And the big contrast in ideology there.
0: It's almost like a career. Like, you need to... And, like, it's a little bit better getting the gear from, you know, like, the, the campaign and not having to, like, grind Gambit all the time. <laughs> but, like, and that's but like that's kind of, like, why I've fallen off. Because I just don't have the time or the want, really, to just, like, keep playing so much. It's fun to jump back in though, so I'm mm. like I'll, I think I'll, I'll finish the campaign and like I don't think I'm even gonna bother with the raid.
3: I'll maybe I watched a bit really of cool. the,
0: the first run mm. well, that was on the weekend, the the challenge. So that's good.
3: yeah, and that's a really cool raid design too. They've actually gone a long way in the direction of making it an MMO raid rather than a Destiny raid where it's like boss stands in one spot for 20 minutes. Now it's boss comes and kicks you in the face. All the time so it's mm-hmm. like they're actually taking positive steps i think in that design space too so.
0: that's nice luke and ben you haven't played this at all have you
1: Not at look how you. uh i tried to get back into destiny 2 last year i bought uh, i played it on playstation i tried to buy it on pc i spent about 20 hours i'm looking at my steam list now i played about 20 hours that game's a nightmare for people that are either new or returning to the game just because like i think the term is vaulting they like vault content yeah and you trying to play this main story campaign you just get like chunks of it it just stops all of a sudden it's like all right now go do this other thing and it's like incoherent and you've got to go look at like guides to try and figure out what is next because the thing people are talking about is no longer there um and i just gave up after like 20 hours because it just was completely incoherent in terms of what I was supposed to do next. Um, so yeah, I think it, I think it feels like a like a like a boys' club type thing where the people that are in they're fucking in, but <laughs> anyone else that's trying to get in they're like, we don't we don't need you. We're fine. We're good over here.
0: So Luke, if one game doesn't tell you what to do, it's great. <laughs> but if another game doesn't tell you what to do, yeah. it's bad. Come on, man. Where's your bot? No, sorry. no. But no the I totally think is get the it. people
1: are telling you to go do this thing, and you go and look for it. And it's like, I'm sorry. Like, it comes up with the message being like, it's being vaulted. See you later. And you're like, all right, now what? What am I? <laughs> Even okay. with Witch
0: Queen, it's like, Ikora's like, oh, Mars came back. It's like, wait, wait, where did Mars was, like, I knew Mars was vaulted, but it's like Mars, Mars was gone and it came back. And that, like, that's, we're treating it like that. The other thing is, it's not called Mars on the freaking map. It's called Savathun's Throne World. And like, so I, was, I spent a, like legitimately five minutes being like, where the hell is Mars? The mission's on Mars. I can't see Mars. How am I supposed to keep playing this game? And then I realized, oh, it's... that. Okay, that one's supposed to be Mars now. I get it. I totally get it. Ben, you've never played Destiny. That's fine, though.
2: What do you... About? I played Destiny 2 for ages by my standards, which was like 40 hours. And then I <laughs> finished it enough. And that was it. Like, why would I ever want to play that again? I finished it. I'm not going to play this like trash that's being released now. Like, I'm done with that. Well, it's... Yeah, that's why I thought about... That's my thought about every DLC, like I've already moved on. (laughs) Fair enough. Like I went back to an X, like, done.
0: Well, you've moved on to Kirby's A Car Game. What's it actually called? Forgotten
2: World? No. I don't know. Forgotten Land or Forgotten Lands. Uh, Maybe it's One Land, singular. Kirby's Uh, A Car Game. You did a
0: preview, again, like like Tiny Tina, in anticipation of the full release later this month. So what can you tell us about this latest Kirby game?
2: Well, I played the first World, basically, so somehow there's been like 30 years of Kirby, one of Nintendo's biggest characters, and they've never released like a 3D game. They've all been 2D side-scrollers or weird, we're gonna go ride a star down a cliff or something. And that's it, that's all Kirby. So, they find on a 3D game... ish. Essentially, it's like, um, I don't know if any of you guys have played Super Mario 3D Land and World, which is kind of like a mix of 3D and 2D Mario, where it's in a 3D area, but it's kind of still a 2D stage. That's essentially what this is. Uh, It's kind of that mixed with Crash Bandicoot, so it's a a very linear level, the camera swings around quite a lot, kind of drags you along. Uh, Probably more light puzzle solving than platforming, in that if you want to get all the collectibles you need to figure out how to get them and which enemies you need and which power-ups you want. Uh, Very Nintendo-y in that way, very Crash Bandicoot-y in that way. Um, they promise some challenge, but only playing the first world, I can't see it yet. Maybe it's coming later. Uh, a little bit on the easy side, but that's what you'd expect from the opening, so, uh, yeah, it's a, it's very much Kirby as we knew it as a 2D game in a slightly more 3D space. It's not a gigantic Mario 64 total revelation uh, style game. I don't think that's what we're expecting either. Like, it's a, it's clearly in, if you kind of rank Nintendo's releases in like the ABC tiers, it's very much the B filler game that they've made relatively quickly. Uh, but, it, you know, it's fun. It's like a, it's an easy pick-up-and-play. It's that chunked into small stages, so when you don't have 105 hours to kind of blast through Elden Ring in two weeks, you can just play for 10 minutes and still complete the stage. So, um, I mean, I don't have a child, but I speak like I do. I speak like Tano, who's like, I need to have a game I can pick up and play for five minutes and put it down again. So uh yeah for some reason that's what i'm into at the moment that's why i was playing mass effect so much because it's like you can just play one mission at a time and that's for some reason that's the jam i'm in and that's what kirby uh can give you in a very pink puffball kind of way so i'm not sure it's for you steve i definitely don't think it's for you hamish don't know about you luke uh yeah that's what you get you know what you're getting with a nintendo game luke's a big kirby I, fan. I mean look at him
0: come on oh, yeah. loves the <laughs> kirby
2: <laughs> yep not so much that's me
0: Ben, I'm putting you on the spot because I totally forgot, but you did get a code uh, post-release from Nintendo for Pokemon Legends Arceus, Arceus, however you're supposed to say it. I don't know if you've even had a chance to take a look. Um, My husband made us get it for our Switch. I played it for about 20 minutes, and all the characters did was just wall of text me, and I went, I can't do this, and I put it down. So hopefully you got farther than me
2: not really <laughs> as you say we got it on release day so what's the point uh yeah it's just it's i can see why people like it like after 25 years they have finally done something which is not exactly the same uh but it's it's very uh i mean it got a lot of criticism for looking quite hideous and it's a, it's an ugly game and not even by switch standards like just by you can see other like similar games on switch look good they just didn't care they kind of phoned that in um, the fact that they announced another like mainline Pokémon game a month later surely meant that they were they didn't have much faith in this. They kind of surprised them a little bit and they've buried it straight away. So, I mean, classic Nintendo, right? Like, here's here's our big new thing. Uh, sold like 10 million copies straight away, and we're replacing it later this year. So, well, crazy.
0: the newly announced Pokémon game has two different colors, Ben. So that's twice as many copies that they'll sell rather than just. Or say yeah. or K whatever it's called which is just one set of Pokemon game.
2: Anyway, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, well that's why the other one was such a revelation. They did one <laughs> game. Like amazing.
3: There you go. Revolutionary concept. Oh yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um I don't think there's a game that all four of us have played out of this entire giant list that we have. Uh, I think a lot of us have played the next one, but before we do, like, let's... Ben, we're not a fact-based show, as we love saying, but I'll, like, I'm like i going to drop a couple quick facts just to set the tone. Um, we didn't put a call to go on Twitch tonight just because I didn't want to have to deal with a whole bunch of random trolls. I think they're all kind of calming down, but... Um, Horizon Zero Dawn, not Zero Dawn, that's the first one. Horizon Forbidden West kind of uh, set the stage for some weirdness of late. Uh, Job uh, was kind enough to uh, write a review for us. We didn't get a code from Sony, uh, and Job gave the game a 6.5, which on our scale is not that bad, to be honest. Um, he didn't
1: say his full nine. Pardon? You didn't say his full name. It's Joab Xbox Gilroy.
0: Oh yes, Joab <laughs> Xbox Gilroy. Uh, uh, so uh, people seem to take offense that I commissioned job to write a review because Sony didn't give us a code, as if we were never supposed to write a review because of that, which was weird. Uh, we didn't get yeah. uh, code for Gran Turismo Seven. Uh, perhaps in. Uh, response to our Horizon review. I can't confirm or deny that because uh, Sony hasn't returned a phone call or email or text uh, since before the embargo for Horizon uh, when I sent them copy of the review early. And uh, so that's kind of setting the tone. I didn't want to have to deal with random people coming on and like demanding we get removed from Metacritic. We've spoken to Metacritic people quite a bit, and they're quite content keeping us on the panel, so don't worry about that. Um, And we'll get into Gran Turismo in a second, but, you know, we're we're professionals, we can remove ourselves from whatever's happening behind the scenes and look at a game on its own merits. So anyway, that's all I think I had to say. Did anybody want to add anything or ask me questions or remind me to say something about this situation before we actually just get into the games and focus on them? No, you covered it. Good. All right then. Horizon Forbidden West. Uh, I've played a teeny bit. I know Luke's played some. I think maybe Ben has. No. No. Hame? No. Uh, all right. No look, do you want to? Do you want to talk about this and all this? Shut up for once. Or no? Me on the spot. I can talk about it if you uh, want.
1: I haven't played a whole lot of Horizon Forbidden West, but the stuff that I have played, I've really enjoyed. I like the first game quite a lot um second game uh i don't know if it's doing a whole lot in terms of things that it's bringing that's new to the table um but the core came the sorry the core gameplay loop of um sort of killing robot dinosaurs and having these mechanical parts that are a part of them and taking Uh, I guess those parts off of the robot and using them to upgrade your equipment, I think is a really cool idea. Um, And then incorporating your weapons to be like, all right, you need to use acid to hit this specific part. And that'll cause a chain reaction that'll do excessive damage on it. Uh, I think in terms of like how that sort of combat is designed is such a cool system that we haven't really seen taken to other games. Um, Which I think is really neat. This idea of like, if you kick, like, sorry, if you shoot off this specific part, then that weapon is damaged or it can't use that tail anymore. Such a cool idea um, that is not on this scale in in other games. So that stuff is really cool. I think the platform is quite clunky. Um, She moves really weirdly in this game, Mm -hmm. um, which I don't recall happening as much in. Uh, the original game, but I just feel like something's off. She just feels like too floaty or sometimes she'll snap to certain things and other times you just completely miss what you're trying to latch on to. In terms of like the, uh, I know Job's review on Survivor had a lot of technical issues in terms of the way it um, ran, um, problems with like Aloy sort of being too talkative when you're trying to solve puzzles (laughs) and things like that. I think they fixed that stuff at this point. So I've had no technical problems. I haven't had any of those issues where she's solving puzzles for you. But um, the game looks gorgeous. It runs pretty great in terms of 30 versus 60. Like I like the sort of direction console games are going these days with giving players the choice of whether they want 60 frames per second or they want you know um 30 with 4k that's a really cool idea i just i again like i haven't played enough to sort of dive into it like i don't think it is for me from what i played like a game of the year material but for me like game of the material is something that elevates the genre and does something we haven't seen before i'm just not seeing that from horizon but I also don't think it's a bad game. I'm still enjoying it. I still think the combat is really fun. I haven't seen the problems that um, the combat was as, I guess, uh streamlined that Job had in his review, but I'm also not as far into the game as other people at this point. Yeah. So yeah, I'm enjoying my time. I'm having fun with it. Yeah, I've, I've,
0: I've enjoyed what I've played so far. I, I thought the first one was kind of like, I, I, that's, it's like Elden Ring. It's not. Uh, it's kind of like Assassin's Creed was to Assassin's Creed Two. Like you could kind of see, like, oh yeah, they're they're putting this stuff together, and it, you know, this could this could go really well. Um, and I, I do agree with you, Luke, in like the, the the picking and choosing bits to try to tear off to do upgrades and things. But that's kind of where I like it in some areas. But it, that kind of layered system is everywhere within the game so there's like different skill trees so it's not just one skill tree it's you know like do you want one of these four skill trees which gives you uh you know an item to you know hunting with or to this with or this (laughs) with or this with with. and then you've you've got all these weapons with different status effects and you gotta like try to juggle you know which oh which one had electricity because i need electricity for this so there's all these layers upon layers that unless you're really dedicated and, and getting across that, you, sometimes you just kind of forget, and you're like, I don't know, I'm just going to use the the main bow that I got at the very, very start. Um, I haven't played in probably a week, to be honest, but I was getting, um, and I think I put something on Twitter, like the, the black screen occasionally. It's like, and did you have that issue, Luke?
1: I haven't seen it at all. So you I guys on the Gap had a theory speaks. that
0: maybe it's because your PlayStation is from the States, and I'm like, I... I kind of want to investigate that because I, I was getting the same thing that Luke was getting. If you go somewhere and you kind of spin the camera, it's like the game is trying to stream something that you can't see, but then you, you know, you've turned your attention to it and it kind of just like futzes out for a second. It doesn't like just kind of like just goes, Oh, and like blinks basically. So the screen just goes black for a second and then comes back. It's like, Oh, so I'm not sure if that's been fixed or not. I haven't, I haven't checked. Um, And I haven't had a lot of issues with climbing, but there's like cauldrons, which are kind of like, I don't know, like Breath of the Wild, temple kind of things. And they're supposed to be kind of like climbing and traversal puzzles, but I found like quite literally, if you just hold up on the joystick, Alloy will just kind of go exactly where she needs to, even if there's like time things that kind of move in and out for you to try to like clamber onto, like you just hold up and when, when it's time to do it, she'll just do it. For you, I'm like oh, okay. Um, I've, I don't know how far I've gotten in the story, but there was a section where you get to a, a main story point. And there's three different things to go and try to obtain, and it shows the levels that you need to kind of be at to try to do the three missions. And I picked the hardest one first because I'm like I'm not really having trouble. I'm a little bit underpowered, and I went to that third like third hot like the highest level one first. And I don't, I'm not sure if I accidentally, like, skipped a cutscene at some point. But, like, the story, I think, kind of progressed as if you were, like, doing it in the order that they kind of wanted you to. So, I feel like I missed something. Like, I kind of just went straight to three instead of hitting one and two first. But, I, I don't know, that could just be me. It's, like, it's, it's a competent open world game which could... You know, you could invest a lot of hours in if you so chose, and that's absolutely fine if that's what you choose to do. There you go. I think that's it. Yeah. All right. Uh, we're putting some finishing touches. Maybe I don't know. Hamish's eyebrows just like shot up. We're we're gonna talk right now. Uh, maybe first impressions of Gran Turismo Seven ahead of our uh, final review. But I think uh, this. I th- yeah, I think this is all you, haim So. What are you thinking Just
2: of? The read Grand out your review. Intu- like, give us the whole thing now. I know you've got it. <laughs> yeah, <document> my review. <laughs> Definitely have started writing that.
3: Don't tell Steve. <laughs> um, my my thoughts. It's basically Pokemon for car people, right? Because the point of Gran Turismo isn't, oh, uh, I'm going to be the very best driver ever. I'm going to like win some world championship. It's I want to have all of the cars and I want to be able to drive them in races when I want to drive them in races. Um, and that I think it does really well. And I think it does. Like, the simulation aspects of driving are most of the way there. It's still, like, it's pretty good, the way the driving feels. Um, I don't really see much with the DualShock controller. Like, I don't think, feel anything terribly interesting uh, with the triggers. Um, whatever they call it. I, I'm not a big fan of the new controllers. It's because I'm an expot, I guess. <laughs> um, but, so, I've been playing mostly on my wheel, and it's great. It feels great. Like, I really enjoy... Um, just cruising around the tracks doing stuff like that Um, and those core concepts collecting bunch of cars like driving your dream cars driving really really good and i haven't done much of the multiplayer yet either but from my understanding it's very much like gt sport and that was like really well lauded for having a really robust and really long tail multiplayer support where you could just jump on do some races jump off kind of thing uh, and that's all there here too. And I think it's really, really good. Um, there's still a lot of kind of what I would call tentatively the Japanese game weirdness <laughs> about aspects of it. <laughs> um, the the main menu you might have seen it is like a bunch of little locations um, that you go into and so you have to load into it and then do stuff in there and pop back out. And so you're popping in and out of menus a lot and it's not that quick. Uh And let's say you need a particular car for a particular race. You have to jump in, see what it is. You can change there, but if you don't have an exactly teed-up car, you have to jump out, go into a different menu, do a bunch of stuff, jump out, go into another menu, make sure it's... And there's lots and lots of like that really chunky flow of the game. And so what it does great is the things that it should do great and what it's not doing so great is the other stuff. Um, But I like it, so...
0: I don't know why, but so often lately I've seen people trying to compare it to, like, Forza Horizon 5, which makes no sense to me whatsoever. Like, we should be comparing it to whichever number Forza Motorsport is out, eh? And almost, like, I've, I've seen you and Job, Joab, uh, Xbox, Gilroy, <laughs> talking about, um, like, the menus and, like, so many menus. Like, that almost seems like another good comparison would be to, like, Microsoft Flight Sim, because it seems like there's all these menus because you're setting up all these conditions and all these things and bits and bobs because it's trying to be, like, hardcore simulator. Especially, like, mm. if you're a guy playing with a racing wheel. Like, you don't have a racing wheel if you're not
2: invested in racing games. a big nerd.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well. You go, man. I'll,
2: I'll tell you why they're comparing it to Forza Horizon. Because, like... The timing by Sony here is excellent. You can't buy Forza Motorsport at the moment somehow. Probably fair to say that Forza kind of went ahead GT, ahead of GT just because they didn't release a game in the proper series for like nine years. And the last one was a PS3 game just after the PS4 came out um, and the, against the Xbox One which launched with Forza Motorsport 5. It was such a weird time for it to come out that I remember reviewing it and thinking uh, normally, you'd play a game like this and be like, marvel at how good it looks. That's the whole point of like a racing sim for non-racing fans, just to admire it, basically. But it did look great because it was a last-gen game at the time. And so, from going to like a terrible launch period, they've absolutely nailed this one. They've released it when there's no to competitor at all. They've gotten ahead of whatever Turn 10's doing. And now people are just looking at what's on the market and seeing Xbox's racing game, which has nothing to do with this, but it's the closest thing to compare to. So. Uh, that's why, and it's probably fair by those people. Like, there is no Forza motorsport for the first time ever when Gran Turismo Seven comes out.
3: There you go. And I think that um, comparisons to Horizon are totally unfair because they're totally different games, right? Yeah, it's like comparing Burnout with yeah. Assetto Corsa. It's just not at all the same. So it's like it's like yeah.
0: comparing Luke playing Elden Ring to me playing Elden Ring. <laughs> That's not everything
1: like is that, that. Right? like <laughs> from my experience. I, um, I, don't, I didn't like, uh, Forza horizon. Uh, what was the new one? Five. 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 <laughs> um, yeah, it's just like, I couldn't get into it. The biggest problem for me was the, the fact that I'm like 40 minutes in and I get a wheel spin and I get like a $2 million car and I'm like, all right, I'm set. Cool. Thank you. <laughs> uh, and then every time I did a race, they're like, here's the, uh, Mazda six. you to drive and I'm like I don't I don't care like I'm in a this two million dollar Maserati I'm good thank you for the rest of this game and the sense of progression for me was lost um and that's all I'll say about that but (laughs) yeah I just didn't I did not enjoy I think it's a phenomenal game um Forza Horizon 5 but I just didn't enjoy my time with it I just it wasn't for me I lost that sense of accomplishment of of racing and feeling like I was earning something as opposed to just spinning a wheel and being like, here's a random car that you got and have fun.
0: I'm glad and you got a random not- car. Cause I just kept getting like pairs of shoes for my avatar whom I never see because he's in the car driving the car, but it didn't yeah. make you drive
1: faster. No,
0: well might've, I don't know. I didn't, yeah, I didn't check shoes. the, I didn't check the buff, but
1: yeah. Racing gloves.
0: <laughs> so expect Hamish's full thoughts on that, ahead of a whole bunch of other things, ahead of Kirby for sure, and probably ahead of Tiny Tina's Wonderlands reviews, which will also be on the site eventually. Uh, Ben, you wanted to talk about your 15 minutes, you're just, you're really good at really short gaming experiences of late, uh, with, uh, I I guess from what Twitter is telling me, the uh, incredibly hyped Xbox exclusive Crossfire X, so take it away.
1: This Remedy's new game? I'm pumped. (laughs)
2: <laughs> that's it. Remedy's game, which they haven't mentioned anything about, and I'm surprised they even put their name on. So uh, we played like the beta, like two years ago or something, it was ages ago, and it felt kind of crummy then. And this final game from the one match I played is exactly the same, like they haven't changed anything. It feels super underdone and dodgy. And that's the good bit. Like the campaign they've added on, which is made by Remedy is atrocious. Like, first of all, there are no achievements. So why am I even playing this campaign? Second of all, Uh, It it feels like someone saw a COD game and then you know when you go buy like a dodgy action figure in a knockoff shop That's tried to make it and they've seen it and tried to make their own version it's like that gaming equipment, Like it just it's trying to be COD but the movement it's so dodgy it's so clunky It's so it feels like someone's never played a game that just kind of watched one be played and then they've tried to make it And then they have a helicopter crash through the ceiling like because we've seen that uh, but like, it's just, I haven't fit, like played a game by a reputable developer that plays this poorly in a long time. So yeah. uh, had I reviewed it, I think a two on the S- survivor scale, maybe a one even like it's a shocker. Terrible.
0: Maybe we should okay. get that up. So people <laughs> just shut up for once. It's, it's trying to look like COD, but it's trying to play like Counter-Strike and like, I don't know if you can be a game that's, and it's not new, I guess it's like out, it's like a big uh yeah. eastern like phenomenon but like it's 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 too late for it to try to appeal to western audiences i think and luke was luke was nodding i'll be quiet cuz you might know more about this than i do i i i've i've played like two matches of counter strike in my life
1: no i have no idea i just hear oh. that it's like big in a different region and it's the type of thing where they try and bring a, like a uh, lost ark is huge right now yeah right and so trying to get that sort of same mark but maybe not doing it as well yeah
0: uh it it has achievements they're really easy like get headshots win matches so you know if if nothing else it's free it's on game pass you can grab it uh there was a huge issue where like the remedy campaign wasn't even available to game pass people but they fixed that um i got all the achievements before the remedy game was available so i just uninstalled it and went nah i'm good i don't doesn't sound like it's good enough to try. Thanks very much.
2: Yeah. I will say the multiplayer feels a lot better than the single player. So, what I was just hating on is all about that campaign, which is just terrible.
0: <laughs> well, there you go. uh Is there any other game that any of us have been playing that you want to talk about? Or have we talked about enough games for one installment of the Friendly Fire show? No, well, that no, that's it. Yes. I've
3: played a lot, but. oh yeah no, i know you
0: you guys like your like seven hour podcast luke but we're a tight hour in this joint and we don't usually swear but for fuck's sake you did it anyway so we're good i swear (laughs) i feel naughty uh hamish uh what are we expecting from you or what have you done what tell plug yourself dude however you want
3: uh i've written for survivor too much lately and now i need a break so that's that's what you're getting from me (laughs) nice
0: invoice Please.
3: Uh, Luke, to,
1: what about you? Yeah. Um, you can find me over at thegapodcast.com. I do a weekly video game show with Job Xbox, Gear Roy. Um, We talk about games in depth every week for like two and a half hours. This week was Elden Ring, Puzzle Quest 3, Dead by Daylight, uh, Aperture just, Aperture Desk Job, and Gran Turismo 7. Uh, on top of that, I just want to quickly mention all the stuff that's happening in the Ukraine right now, Russia, is terrible. Um, shout out to EA, CD Projekt, Take-Two, Activision, Microsoft, Epic, Sony, like all those people Ubi, stepped up, McDonald's. pulled the sales. Nintendo was half asked about it. They sort of were like, well, our sales uh, application got pulled, so I guess we're not selling stuff out here, here anymore. Um, but yeah, it's cool to see all the uh, gaming community sort of st- step together and do something about it, which is awesome. Yeah. Uh,
0: and I'm like not trying to throw a survivor plug on that, but there's like we've we've been writing a post with all the statements from people like showing who's pulled sales. At the very top of the list, there's a whole bunch of organizations that if you want to try to donate some money to, it's not an exhaustive list, but it's a start Um and like read up about it, try to figure out what you want to do, how you can help personally. And that's like the best thing you can do. Well said, Luke. Yeah. Uh, ben, how about you, my friend?
2: Uh, well, nothing for me really. But I am disappointed that you didn't have this week or this month or this year or whatever in delays. Like, like that's our only regular segment. And you haven't done it. So, uh,
0: Forspoken I mean? got
2: delayed. Uh,
0: what else? I don't know. That might be it.
2: Uh, oh, Gotham
1: Knights dude. has a release date. I'm excited for that. Yeah. Uh, when is delay. that? God, this week in October. No.
0: 25th yeah, October, October.
1: 25th, I think it was. And
0: completely to sidetrack, have you played the Ring stuff, Luke, in Dead by Daylight? I have. Is it yeah, good? A is it good? Bit.
1: Um, I like Dead by Daylight. I think I'm the highest Metacritic review for that. So, <laughs> uh, yes, I enjoy it.
0: Good. I'll have to jump in. You're you're a killer, aren't you? Normally.
1: I'm a killer main, but I'm playing a lot more Survivor recently because of the matchmaking uh, can become a problem. I'm trying to get Ben in that.
0: I should try to get Hamish in that. It's really good. It's, it's, really, it's super good. Everyone you, should play. you got me sucked in. I love it. It's so good. Um, yeah. And I'm... That's right, AU on things, and Survivor, and like stay out of my dms unless you actually are not a jerk that'd be great thanks so much um (laughs) you can find us hopefully every fortnight uh and we'll see how we go with twitch uh have a good time peace out uh love you job sorry that you're such an insufferable xbox fan and goodbye